OSL is the leading distributor of radiotherapy patient positioning equipment and physics QA products for the UK and Ireland, supplying both the NHS and private sectors. We currently have a busy event schedule and will be attending many conferences in the next few months and many of the regional study days. For a full list of where to meet us, please do get in touch. As well as our event schedule, we also have a busy product portfolio that has recently been updated to. This includes Sky Factory for state-of-the-art visual LED lighting. We have MyQA Ion and Ion RT from IBA for automated patient-specific QA for photon, electron and proton radiotherapy. And we also have MR Box from our AI suppliers at Therapanacea, allowing AI-powered MR-only workflows for a more consistent and high-quality planning pathway. For SGRT, we have a vast range of open-faced thermoplastic masks, as well as surface-guided compatible clear bolus from ClearSight, preventing any risk of interference between the skin surface and your SGRT solution. And as always, do not hesitate to get in touch to discuss your product and service requirements with our friendly and knowledgeable team. Our account and clinical specialists are from a radiotherapy and physics background, and we are more than happy to chat about the clinical benefits and the workflow of all of our products. Hello everyone and welcome to RadChat, the multi-award winning therapeutic radiographer-led oncology podcast. My name is Namanjil Anderson and I'm joined by Joe McNamara. Hi everyone! So we've got two wonderful guests here, one who's been on a few times already with us. Can't get enough of us, can you Lisa? <laughs> no, thank <laughs> um, But yeah, do you want to introduce yourself? Uh, my name is Ellie, um, I'm a current student radiographer for diagnostic radiography at the University of Exeter um, and I've also been through... Um,
um, that kind of you know, it was just something that was you know helping other people, taking part in you know people's pathways through the hospital. Um, I feel like I knew I'd been in position of patient side, so every time kind of someone comes in, you can see that they're, they're nervous. I know exactly how they're feeling. I know exactly what they're going through, um, and I know that I'd be able to kind of provide them with a little bit more support in that sense. And, yeah, it was just kind of important to me to make sure that patient side of it was heard and they weren't obviously you know, dealing with anything by themselves. So Ellie, can you tell us a little bit about your cancer pathway if you feel comfortable? Yeah. Um, so I was diagnosed with acute lymphoblastic leukaemia back in November 2018 uh, after about six months of like back pain and weight loss. Um, I then had the first kind of typical treatment plan, uh, which then didn't work. So I was told that the most, like, like the best possible way to go forward was to have a bone marrow transplant um, in about January 2019. Um, I then had two rounds of immunotherapy to set me up for my transplant, and then had a unrelated donor who's from Germany actually um, transplant in 20, May 2019, um, but before that I had tissue body irradiation in preparation for it, which um, just kind of, we were talking a little bit more about that in simulation activities that they were doing with it, and how there's not really much information on people who've had tissue body irradiation, it's a lot more focused on um, solid tumor radiation. Had you heard of radiotherapy before you had to have it? Uh, not really, actually. Yeah, it was kind of, it was a bit out of nowhere. I mean, I didn't know that I was going to have chemotherapy until, um, like, uh, probably at least two weeks after my diagnosis. Um, so, yeah, it was a bit out of nowhere, and I hadn't really known anyone that had really had it before, so it was kind of a bit scary coming into it. Um, obviously, as a young person as well, it's quite, um, like, detrimental on your appearance as such. So I was very aware of the fact that I was going to look different to everyone else after having radiotherapy and chemotherapy and, you know, obviously the effect that it was going to have on my body afterwards for late effects, um, so like fertility and things like that, you know, something that they kind of want to throw at you at once. I'm like, oh, okay, I have to deal with that now. <laughs> what made you want to be taking part in this project? Um, I hadn't really done any kind of any form of research after I'd been like diagnosed and obviously then started um, my degree. So I kind of I think I'd got an email from the Ellen MacArthur charity uh, talking about this project and I thought, wow, I haven't actually, you know, kind of shared my experiences with anyone really and I feel like I've come from somewhere that's a little bit of a different pathway through um, than most people that would have ALL. Uh, also at an older age so I have a little bit more comprehensive understanding of it all and you know the people that I talked to were mostly uh, parents rather than children because I was a paediatric ward um, so it's kind of nice to actually share my experiences of things with you know people of my age I suppose um, and also you know, just have be that kind of voice for people that have gone through it the way I have and also come back into healthcare as an education um, to you know practice as well. If there's anything you could change, having gone through everything that you've been through, and obviously now working towards becoming a healthcare practitioner, what, what would you kind of want to share? What, what do you want people listening to this podcast to really think about changing in practice? Um, 
I mean, most of my kind of setbacks came from uh, GPs. Right. <laughs> so I suppose it's more just listening to young people, making sure they like they know their bodies, they know what they're going through, they know that, that stuff is wrong. I think that's a really important part of why I was diagnosed so late and why I then had to go through a transplant was purely the fact that it was picked up so late on. Um, so obviously, you know, please, like, please. <laughs> um, like, you know, give a little bit more respect to the fact that young people do know what, like, do know what's going on, do know what they're going through. I think probably advocating for myself a little bit more as well would be quite important just because I was like, oh, they told me I'm fine, cool, I'll just brush it off, whatever. Um, so, I, you know, making sure I'm being a bit more an advocate for myself and also, you know, making sure that other people are advocates for you and people that are going through cancer as well. Lisa, why do you want to engage with this project and what are you hoping to get out of it? Um, I, I just think it's, it's so important, as Ellie said, that we, um, that we speak to and hear from patients across the board, but particularly uh, younger patients because, you know, they, they can be dismissed. Um, and often, you know, frustratingly, there is still this misconception that people can be too young to have cancer, and it's just something that we need to move away from. And I think that um, you know, young people have you know, such valuable um, experiences to share and um, ideas and inputs. You know, and I'm, I'm coming from very much a kind of research world where I, you know, I work with a lot of researchers, and I think that it's so important that they engage with patients, particularly young patients, um, and that, that people feel part of the process because you know, without meaning to sound too sort of, uh, I don't know what the word is, but we're all here for the same thing. You know, researchers are trying to make a difference, medical and healthcare professionals are trying to make a difference. People who've been through it, you know, and I have a bit of personal experience as well, you know, you, you, want, you want to share it to help others. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I absolutely love my job, and if I can help facilitate those conversations and bring people together and kind of um, empower young people like Ellie and, and others um, to come together with researchers and encourage researchers to listen to their patients and take on board what they have to say, then you know, that, can only, that can only help and be a good thing. Um, and I also think it's you know, so important what you've said and heard it before about just that peer support and coming together with other people who you know, are not all exactly the same, but you know, just having those connections and, and having um, you know, those people that you can talk to and kind of get it. Um, I think it's, it's really, really important as well. So, yeah, I feel really lucky to, to do what I do, and it's lovely to meet all the different people um, that I come into contact with. But I think it's, it's got to be meaningful, and it's got yeah. to be something that you know, has an impact, and just everything that I can do to kind of help that, and that's what I'm doing. Ellie, how are you now? And you know, living with maybe consequences of treatment. How, how are you finding life? And, you know, being a student <laughs> and a healthcare course is really tough anyway. How are you coping with everything? Um, so I've just had my four years post transplant um, in May. So yeah, that, that was been kind of a really big milestone. It will be five years since I was diagnosed this November. Um, so I am doing very well. Um, I have still suffered with things like fatigue, especially early starts. I mean, this conference is also good at early starts. Um, I have kind of tried to make sure I'm, you know, drinking a lot of water to kind of stay on top of things. Um, 
I do feel like I struggle occasionally with things like um, back pain and just not having as much energy to do things as everyone else. In my first year of uni, I struggled to kind of take part in any of the sports because they were so far away from where I was living and it just felt like by the time I'd got up to the campus, which was quite hilly, I was too tired to then take part in anything, which did I did struggle a fair bit in kind of making friends in first year just purely for the fact that I wasn't, I wasn't doing anything other than going to my lectures. Um, being on placement has been quite beneficial and just, you know, meaning that I can see that I can I can do things every time you do something that you weren't expecting you to be able to do, like working a 12 hour shift, everything just kind of feels like it was worth it, it feels like I've kind of, I've been through all of that and I've got to that point where I can see that I'm out of the side and it's, it's, it's okay, like everything feels kind of, it's a lot like, I don't know, it's, it's silly probably compared to what other people are just like, yeah, no, I've just done a 12 hour shift, but for me it feels so like, you know, I've survived all of this and I've got to this point where I can be, I don't know, as normal as I can be, I suppose, and it just feels really nice um, as well also when you have people that come through and you can see, you know, there's um, someone coming in for their, their like, six month scan and you can see it and you're like, yes, you know, that's really nice that they're going to get good news after this and they feel very, like, that makes me happy in the sense of, you know, I know someone else is going to get good news today. I'm also, you know, I'm having good news because I'm still alive. I'm still, yeah. you know, moving forward. And, you know, I have, there's been times where I've struggled with things. I've um, definitely had kind of side effects from not being on the right hormones. Um, and obviously, kind of different hospital trusts are in control of me. I've got three different trusts that will take part in my care and sometimes I don't communicate very well. Um, so yeah, so I've been on the wrong medication for long periods of time. I've been on no medication. I've then, you know, not known who to talk to about certain issues. That can be, um, you know, that can throw out problems as well. But, you know, at the end of the day, I know that I'm nearly at my, you know, five years since diagnosis and, you know, every day that I can be, you know, here and do things is, you know, is, is good, anything like that. I'm, I'm happy just purely for that reason. Psychologically, how do you think having such extensive treatment, because you do go through an awful lot, don't you? Um, I think it definitely is quite, quite, yeah, quite detrimental to just my mindset for things. And it can be smaller things that are like, but it can either go, go one way or the other, and it will be like, oh, you know, I can't do this like a normal person because I've been through that, but also, why can't I do this as a normal person? And it makes you just feel very upset and you're just so distant from everyone else, especially. And, you know, being able to do things like, you know, combining with other people in a like, group calls about this, that you know that everyone else has been in the same way. And um, I'm about to go up to Scotland on the 12th for the Ella MacArthur um, sailing trip. So that would be nice to kind of, you know, be around people that have been through the same thing so you don't feel like you need to kind of hold back a part of yourself yeah. as well. And sometimes, you know, it can be difficult telling your new friends that that's what you've been through. And, yeah. You know, if you're going through certain, like, scenarios and they're like, oh, come on, you can just, you know, just do it. Like, you know, just walk. And I'm like, I can't. And it is difficult to kind of have to tell someone that, especially because their reactions are usually, Okay, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, that's a bit oversharing, so it can be 
difficult in that way to make like you know you're meeting new people at university and things so it's you will have to obviously tell you keep um, having to tell people kind of you know a bit about yourself and especially with your lectures at university as well I have to kind of tell a new person every single time like oh this is why this is this might be like this this is you know your, um, like mentors and well-being advisors you have to tell them as well so you do have to obviously overshare to be able to get the support back that you need which can be quite exhausting and draining at times because you just want to be able to go through life like everyone else yeah. but having to kind of you know, justify everything that you're doing and why it is like that is, is quite hard at times. Thank you so much for coming on and having a chat. Uh, Lisa, you'll be glad to know you're going to make your train. But thank you so thank much. And we we'll look forward to speaking to you again soon. Yes. Thank you.